Guys 5 Movies this morning, co-host Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to episode 62 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was The Pen is Mightier Than the Sword. So Frank, how did you end up interpreting that, and what do you got for us? So I decided that I was going to review movies where the source material is better than the movie, so based on like some kind of written material. Okay. All right. That's how I interpreted it. Because how else do you interpret it? I mean, what else am I going to watch? I mean, you said like I should watch like movies where somebody kills someone with like a pen or a pencil, but that's like one scene. I don't know. <laughs> sure. So that's I'm, just uh, how I didn't say that's how you should do it. I said that's like a way that I thought of. It. Right. right. Yeah. But this right. is what I chose. So. Yeah. All right. So. I mean, actually, well, actually, that's not how I would have interpreted. It. Like, if it were me, I would have ended up trying to find something where it's like it would be the most boring movie in the world where it's like uh some sort of like lawmaker or legislation like is like trying mm. to like quell like you know or s- like some kind of revolutionary war movie where it's like the lawmakers are like trying to like you know uh, i'm already bored <laughs> right right yeah all right well you're ready to get to go. it yeah so, first movie we're going to discuss this evening is the actual Spin Chagrin movie for the night. Okay. And that is 2020's Bloodshot, um, starring Vin Diesel and Guy Pierce and some other people. First COVID um, movie. It is, yeah, very much early on in COVID. Um, March, March 13th in the U.S., so 2020. Um. So this is based on the Valiant Comics uh, character, Bloodshot. Kind of loosely based, although there's been several iterations of Bloodshot. I don't know much about the character, except for when I read Valiant Comics in the 90s. Um, More or less kind of a Wolverine mixed with Punisher was what they were going for. Like a edgelord, like gun-wielding, super-healing superhero kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, really boring concept, but it was fine, like as a comic. And the Valiant stuff was pretty cool because, like, every episode, every issue that you part you bought could have like the debut of some new character, and they always were like super expensive. Anyway, so this movie is not nearly as cool as that. Um, so Vin Diesel plays uh, Ray Garrison, who's a Marine, um, who has a successful mission in like Mombasa or something um, and ends up on holiday with his wife in that Italian town with like all the houses built into the side of the mountain next to the um, mm. the ocean or whatever. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it's called. Amalfi. Yeah, there, there you go. That's mm-hmm. good job. Um, so somebody that he ran afoul with on his last mission um, kidnaps him and his wife ends up executing his wife um and then executing him as he's saying um i'm gonna like find you and i'm gonna kill you blah 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 well he's like tied up with a gun to his head so not really a very um at the time seemingly like meaningful threat um they do this thing where like the dude is um something martin axe i think is his name is like dancing to psycho killer um and doing this, like, he's wearing, like, a robe, and they're in, like, a meatpacking warehouse, so it's, like, cold, but he's wearing, like, this long, um, 
like fur robe and like doing a weird like dance to psycho killer and singing along with it mm-hmm. so anyway so ray wakes up um in this lab just want to put and, that image in my head okay. yeah i want you i want you i want you picture martin Max okay. dancing okay um so he wakes up in this place called rising spirit technologies laboratory which is this cutting edge cyber tech lab which is run by guy pierce um who has a fake arm because he lost his arm somewhere along the line uh he was like a tennis player or something is the story <laughs> um okay so what they've done is they've replaced his blood with these things called nanites and this is actually from the comic book nanites are these little uh microscopic machines that can heal him constantly so they're constantly doing repairs to his body so you can basically take tremendous amounts of like physical damage and still like stand back up and fight um but he has to get recharged with these nanites at different points so mm-hmm. premise okay. um but it also makes him like super strong and super fast um but somehow it doesn't improve his acting so <laughs> let me let me give an unpopular opinion here um i think vin diesel is maybe the worst like superstar actor working today and i think it's a wide margin there like i don't think there's anyone that has his lack of tone and understanding of emotion and really like rises to his level of inability to express a feeling like on screen so pretty pretty amazing watching an entire movie centered around him um, and I don't know how like anybody does it so repeatedly with the Fast and the Furious movies and everything else. And it's weird because like I like the the. Is, uh, I was gonna say you asked me earlier today. Is he one? One what? Um, you texted me earlier today about another movie you'll probably talk about. I guess. Uh, nah, because I like the Pacifier. He he's got like, uh, four, like okay. three or four movies that I like. Yeah. The question I posed to Chris, and we're gonna talk about this next, is is there any actor you can think of that is like note perfect in one thing and then pretty much unwatchable and everything else mm-hmm. and chris's answer was hayden christensen and my answer is an actor and the movie we're going to talk about as another number two speech. yeah so i was asking if these these was like that but i forgot about the pacifier yeah i like the pacifier i like the pitch black movies that's mm-hmm. multiple movies yeah. um I'm sure there's something else i like them in boiler room maybe i guess i don't know mm. um so anyway so then there's three other former like because he's a marine so there's this woman who was a like navy seal that got her breathing tubes replaced so like she breathes through this like vent on her chest now um then there's a guy who was a sniper that got his eyeballs blown up so now he's got like cybernetic eyeballs and then there was a guy that was a fast runner maybe or something his legs got blown off so they got replaced with like those like scoop things whatever i'm gonna be Which, honest so far most interesting character tennis player that is now a scientist well that, that's guy pierce right so. he's the most interesting character so far losing his arm and becoming a scientist with nanites yeah so he's there and he's like acclimating himself with his new his new buddies and scoop leg is kind of like a dick to him but everybody else is cool and he's sitting there having drinks with um with a rebreather like in the lounge and psycho killer comes on and it triggers his memories and oh my god now he remembers martin x and martin x murdered his wife and he's got to get his revenge so he steals a car and he drives out 
and um guy pierce is like no um ray like don't don't go kill this man and vin diesel's like i got to get my revenge this is what i got to do you can't stop me um a meal or whatever the fuck so he somehow tracks he knows like max's location and he tracks him and that guy's like all nervous and he's like what like what am i doing so he tries to call this other guy and that guy's like no like i can't help you and he's like but um emil has perfected like the formula and now this guy's gonna kill me and he's like well you just got to take care of yourself um so of course vin diesel like goes him goes there and kills all his bodyguards and in one of the most ridiculous scenes he steals a tanker truck full of flour and it crashes it so there's flour everywhere so he can be covered in flour and kill people so that they fall over into the flour and then there's big clouds of flour and <sighs> like the set piece is this thing yeah um so anyway so he kills max the axe or whatever and um then all of a sudden he wakes back up and you find out that um guy pierce is really like this evil scientist and what he's doing is he's using ray to eliminate all of his former partners by planting memories in ray's head that these guys like killed him and his wife and so this has happened like multiple times before so of course the same thing happens and now there's this big beardy guy um this guy barris or whatever who's like another one of his former partners um and so ray like of course like finds his way there and they're like oh no don't do it and he's like i i gotta get revenge boss like this man killed me and my wife i gotta do what i gotta do and basically like, the same exact thing and then the guy with the scoop legs is like this is the most like boring prick I've ever met in my life. Like, can we just kill him and be done with it? And they're like, no, no, we got a couple more people to kill. So at least that one guy is on your side as the viewer of this. <laughs> um, so Ray goes and kills him, but you find out there's this guy, Walton Wiggins, who's um, living in the basement of this guy, Barris's house. And he's really um, like, he's like the greatest programmer in the world. And you can tell that because he talks to himself while he's typing and he types real fast. Yeah. And, like, a bunch of things, like, pop up on the screen when he's typing. Because mm -hmm. um, that's how all programmers work. Sure. Um, so, he starts to convince Ray that Ray's memories are implanted and he's not who he thinks he is. And these people are taking advantage of him. And so, of course, Ray is like, um, yeah, like, that sounds plausible. So, <laughs> Ray, like, just, I, I, he, he kills Barris, so he does what he's supposed to do. But then he leaves Wiggins alive and he goes because Wiggins is like, your wife's not even dead. So then he goes and he mm. finds Gina and she's like, oh, hey, Ray, what's going on? Long time no <laughs> see. And he's like, oh, you have to come with me. Your life is in danger. And she's like, um, no, we're divorced, you psychopath. Like, why are you at my house? And he's like, oh, my God, my life is a lie. <laughs> so um, then uh, he's... Um, he goes back to Wiggins and Wiggins helps him like basically like realize what's been going on. Um so then uh Guy Pierce is like, fuck, we gotta send I gotta send my my cronies after him. Um so he sends the girl first, but the girl has obviously developed feelings because it's Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um 
it, let, let me tell you something else about Vin Diesel. He does not have a very handsome profile. Like, and this is coming from like a fat dude. Like Vin Diesel got like like a fat face, and so when he turns in profile, you don't get like the cutting, like action hero profile. He just looks like a dude that like bounces at the the dive bar down the street. Vin Diesel profile. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see what. So anyway, so they send her. Her name's Kate. Kate. KT. They send her. Um, to capture Wiggins and she fails and then Vin Diesel escapes and then they send um, eyeballs and, and the blade to go capture Vin Diesel and they succeed and they bring him back to the laboratory but then KT even though she's proven herself to be untrustworthy she's still allowed to hang around so then she like frees Vin Diesel um, and then Guy Pierce is like what what are you doing and I can't remember. She like incapacitates him somehow. I don't remember what happens. So then, um, Guy Pierce is like, uh, cronies go kill, um, Ray. And so they get in this big fight on top of this giant building. And then in this elevator shaft where, where the blade turns into Dr. Octopus. Cause he gets like these extensions that come out of his back and like, he can like fight with, um and it's a really prolonged battle and that's actually probably the best part of the movie even though it takes forever to happen is him like killing these two dudes mm -hmm. except you kind of feel bad because he's such a fucking schlub in real life um like as an actor and as a character this bloodshot character mm -hmm. uh so then he kills these two and then he ends up on the ground and guy pierce appears and they find out that like because he keeps taking all this damage um his nanites are running out and <laughs> They're like, oh my god, like you're gonna like not be able to survive because you're losing nanites. But he keeps um he keeps, you know, keeping on. And eventually he like Guy Pierce throws a grenade at him and he catches it and disables it, but he didn't really disable it, and he blows him and Guy Pierce up and they both seemingly die. Mm -hmm. But then Wiggins and KT, they they resurrect him and they have this um that's the word I'm looking for. They have this uh, like RV that's actually like full of like high tech equipment, and they're gonna travel the country like fighting crime in this RV. Um, and sounds like uh, the beginning of a of a of a stars TV series that I don't want to watch. It feels like it too. And Vin Diesel's like, um, here we go, right off into the sunset together. <laughs> and then Wiggins is like, um. Oh man, this is like the beginning of a, and then it cuts off, and I don't even understand the point of that. But I guess to your point, maybe he's going to say a Star series that you don't want to watch. <laughs> um, right. So Wiggins is also like one of the worst written characters. I mean, for as terrible as um, Ray is in this movie, Vin Diesel's character, Wiggins is worse because all he does is quote TV shows. Like at one point, he's typing, and he unironically says, "If you come at the king, you best not miss." Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like. He doesn't even say, like, like, my man Avon Barksdale says or whatever. Um, right. He just says it. And it's like, I guess if you know it, you know it. And if you don't, then, like, oh, man, what a clever line. But so that's the movie. Um, It took much less time to explain than it took to watch. And it took a <laughs> long time to watch. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, it. I think after hearing about that, I would have much rather have seen Emil's story about like being on the circuit and like well but losing see, but his I, arm at the Australian Open or something. And I forgot to tell you that part because he you t find out later that it's just a lie. 
that he just makes up something every time, like to amuse himself. Every time Ray wakes up, he makes up some other thing mm. that he because he was he was a cricket player in one, and oh, okay. it's so he's just a dick. I mean, it's Guy Pierce. Um, <laughs> he's always an asshole. Right. So yeah. So the comic itself, ha- is it long hair Guy Pierce? No, no, no. It's 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 short hair Guy mm. Pierce. It's not like um whatever that Nick Cage movie was Guy Pierce. This is like Ed Exley Guy Pierce. Gotcha. Um. The comic itself, again, like not like some kind of seminal piece of like artistic work in the comic industry, but it's fine and it tells a story. And they don't really like one of the things about I I I really dislike the Bloodshot character. I think it's really uninventive and just like kind of cliche. But one of the cool things about him is his look. Like he's got this like like basically like white skin like this like ivory white skin and these bright red eyes and this like glowing like thing in his chest which is um like a symptom of him being infected with these nanites it's like it drains like the pigment from his skin and it causes like you know his eyes and his like this wound in his chest to like glow like bright wet red mm-hmm so again, I mean, it's like a ripoff of a couple different things and like Havoc from X-Men and uh, maybe a little bit of Blade too from that time period. But anyway, like it's it's still like kind of a visually arresting like image when you see him in, in form. And they one time kind of hint that this is happening to Vin Diesel, but they don't let his eyes glow red. They let his chest glow red because he's got like this big wound in it. Mm. And then they just kind of like have his skin turn ashy and then he, that goes away too. Hmm. Um. But yeah, this is a, a really abysmal uh, movie, and I was very angry watching it <laughs> the whole time. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that doesn't sound very good at all. And the sad thing is, it's like even like bad comic book movies usually have some element of like comic bookness to them. Like this is like like even all their powers are just kind of dumb powers. It's like hey. I can't breathe out my mouth. I breathe out my chest and I can swim real good and I poison doesn't affect me. And it's like, that's just a utilitarian power, which I guess is the whole point is to make them seem like, but bloodshot in the comics was a, a mafia hitman at first who died, like trying to perform this hit and was resurrected by these, like these nanite things. Mm. And has no memory and thinks he's somebody else and eventually thinks that he's this dead soldier which is where that character comes from. But like, that's not even the truth because he was just a hitman. Right. That doesn't. So that's well, no, no, probably not. I mean, well, Vin Diesel, like, I'll play some bad guy. I got to play the good guy in my movies. That's not a very good Vin Diesel. That's why, <clears throat> that's why him and the rock don't get along, you know, is because they're both marks that like are constantly trying to like, make sure that they're seen in this positive light through their characters. <clears throat> right. And can't both Vin Diesel and The Rock go over, so. So, I mean, I guess, number one, I don't know why in 2020, and the the Valiant universe has been rebooted several times since the late 90s when it was, like, at its, its peak of popularity, including a reboot in the mid-2000s, like 2008 to 2012, which was actually pretty good. Um, where they rebooted all the characters and storylines and um, some of the stuff like Harbinger and Archer and Armstrong were were good. 
Mm -hmm. um so i guess maybe there was like another reboot in like 17 or something like that i didn't bother to like put this uh, like so much research into it i was just curious um that this character is based on and that's where the movie came from but it's Mm -hmm. like i mean i guess if you only got you know it's one of those things where like you see on facebook where it's like you have 15 dollars to spend and here's like four tiers of like football players build a team or whatever here's like four tiers of wrestlers like build your wrestlemania card mm-hmm. you know and like hulk hogan costs five dollars but you know the mountie costs one dollar so you could have like the mountie versus somebody else for like two bucks and that's the whole thing is like you only got 15 dollars to spend like where are you gonna spend it you might as well you know like spend the five dollars on a property that nobody cares about and just hope for the best so I like so i assume analogy, although i think you're underrating the mountie no, I don't just two dollar purchase. The Mountie was actually a dollar in one I saw the other day, so that's why it sprung <laughs> into mind. I also felt like it was uh, unfair. I felt like the anyway. This <laughs> talk about this. Um, so yeah, so that's Bloodshot. Not, we could go on for ten minutes about this, what the Mountie yeah, should be valued at. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So what's your chagrin on this? That sounds dreadful. it's 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 a solid eight. Yeah. Um, it would have been worse, except that even though it was like ridiculous, the flower fight actually had some cool moments to it. And even though it was probably five minutes longer than it should have been, the fight like descending on these outside elevators, like outside this giant like skyscraper, um, had some really, really cool elements to it, and it looked really nice. Um, that's the only thing that saves it is that there was a couple times where I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but every every acting performance is terrible. I don't know what the fuck happened to Guy Pierce in his life that causes this to happen, but he must have wronged somebody somewhere. So, so that's it. You ready to move on to chagrin number yeah, two? Real real quick. Um, do you have that shit on your screen so you can't see anything? Oh, hold on. Let me. Uh, making me work for it. It's gone. <laughs> All right. I looked Vin Diesel profile and that. Came oh yeah, look at that. I just type in Vin Diesel profile into Google, and it's like you'll get like the TMZ like Vin Diesel shot um, of of Fat Diesel. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's what you see. And anyway, I, I'm not going <laughs> to fat shame somebody or body shame somebody. I'm just going to say that it's not very good. So right, yeah, yeah. So the next movie um, is also based on this is a literary adaptation and a literary adaptation of a character that i think has been maybe adapted once well um but mostly is adapted really poorly and that is the uh parker character mm. um from the donald westlake slash richard stark novels uh-huh. um, of which i've read a couple like not nearly as many as you know you and our friend chuck um but maybe the Lee Marvin portrayal in Point Blank is probably the best one, I guess. Um, I've never seen um, the Duval portrayal of him in the outfit or the Peter Coyote portrayal of him, but I know that the um, portrayal in Payback is pretty bad mm-hmm. um, with Gibson, I guess, as him. Yeah. So anyway, so this is Jason Jason Statham. It's so crazy. Um, I thought about watching this in the past week too. <clears throat> is playing uh Parker. 
Mm -hmm. um for those of you that have never read any of the, the books or have any knowledge parker is this consummate thief that's like the toughest man's man you've ever met but is very principled in the sense that he won't hurt someone without a reason and he won't hurt you if you do what he tells you to do so as long as you basically like just do what he asks you to do and you're not a dick like he'll leave you alone but if you're a dick and you kind of like fuck him over then he's gonna fucking kill you so of course like every idiot in the world is always fucking parker over even though the end result of fucking parker over is that you get murdered by parker um usually in a humiliating way um but i guess no one has seen any movies in this universe so mm -hmm. um parker is on a heist with a group of um, people that he's just met through his um, partner who's played by nick nolte um and a really 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 old and um rundown looking nick nolte um they rob the Ohio State Fair where Parker dressed as like a priest and his partners dressed like clowns. Um, it's really convoluted, but in the end, there's this guy who's like a fuck up that's related to some crime boss that ends up lighting bays, bales of hay. I almost said bays of hail, <laughs> um, bales of hay on fire. And he lights the wrong ones on fire and it causes an explosion and it causes the death of a person. So Parker's already pissed off because he didn't, they didn't follow instructions and Parker's very much all about like doing things the way that they've been discussed um but he also gets pissed off because they robbed a million dollars from the fair and they're supposed to split two hundred thousand each and michael chiklis who is the actor that i've said is good in one thing and good in nothing else um and definitely holds true here so the group of cronies that are with parker are michael chiklis um who's playing like the leader of the group and then um Fuck, I can't remember his name. The guy that played Bunk Moreland in The Wire? Wendell Pierce. Yeah, Wendell Pierce. He's like the second. Mm -hmm. And then um, Bobby Cannavale or Cannaval or whatever, how mm -hmm. you say his name. Mm -hmm. He's like the itchy, like like sweaty gunman that's like part of their team. Okay. And then some other, some other dude I didn't recognize. So they are like, hey, Parker, we need to take all the money and put it together because it's going to cost us a million dollars to do this next heist, which is worth $200 million and we'll be rich forever. And Parker's like, nah, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to take my 200 grand and bounce. And they're like, you don't seem to understand. There's a car full of guys that need your $200,000 to perform this heist. What happens if you say no? And he says, well, I guess you're going to have to try and kill me. So then obviously they do. But then of course, Parker like beats the shit out of all of them, but then ends up jumping out of a car, like while it's moving. And, like, grievously injuring himself. And then the fuck-up that's, like, the nephew comes out and shoots him. And then they drive off without anybody going to bother to go and check to see if he's dead. So, you know, again, like, they've never watched a movie in their life. Right. So, of course, he's saved by this, like, family of, like, farmers who take him to the hospital. And then he gets out of the hospital. And it's just a series of whatever escalating things where he's, like, going and beating people up or stealing their vehicles um, to move his way across the country so he can find um where these people are so he can get his revenge on them um and by doing so he puts his partner and his partner's daughter who happens to be his girlfriend at risk um and then he goes down to south florida because they're in palm beach and he meets jennifer lopez and she falls in love with him because he's like so so much like a real man unlike the other guys in palm beach <laughs> who are all like rich and handsome and you know not not jason statham um although jason statham is a better actor than vin diesel oh absolutely um 
so anyway, long story short is there's all this convoluted shit, and eventually Statham finds where these guys are hiding, um, and breaks into their house and looks around and then leaves, and it turns out that they're going to rob this um, jewel auction, like priceless jewel auction that's happening, um, by causing an explosion inside these speakers that they pretended to be the sound men to wire up. Um, and then they explode, and then they come in as the fire department and steal all the gems and then put on their scuba gear and swim away. And all those things happen, and they get away <laughs> with it, except mm-hmm. for Jason Statham. Like, he knows, or Parker, he knows what's what. So he's at their house waiting for him, and they come in. But then Jennifer Lopez goes there for some reason, and she gets captured. Um, and then Jason Statham starts, like, killing them all. Um, but then Michael Chiklis, he's like, ah, like I'm going to kill you first. And then they get in a fight. And Chiklis goes to shoot him, and his gun doesn't work. And so Satham just shoots him. And then um, the fuck-up has the gun and has it to Jennifer Lopez's head. And he's like, I'm going to shoot this bitch. And Satham's like, well, go ahead and do it then. And he goes, and his gun doesn't work. And so Satham like, kills him, too, shoots him in the head. And then you find out that when he was in the house the first time, he broke all the firing pins and all their weapons, so none of their weapons would work, so he'd be able to just kill them, which he does. Hmm. So, he also, like, at one point, his girlfriend, like, comes to Jennifer Lopez's house, and Jennifer Lopez lives with her mom in a condo, and Jennifer, and the girlfriend is, like, healing Jason Statham from, like, one of the many times he's, like, lost more blood than a human body can stand to lose. Hmm. Um and Jennifer Lopez is all like jealous. And at the end, she's like, I never even stood a chance, did I? And he was like, No, I love Claire. And then that's it. But then, like, he goes and he murders the mob boss in Chicago. Um, and then mails Jennifer Lopez like millions of dollars as her cut of this heist because they stole the jewels too and they sold it. So, um, so that was a really truncated description of what happens in this movie. Um, I wish I had written down some lines that Michael Chiklis says because they're seriously like, so bad. I know that like the script is not his fault, but the delivery is just awful. Um, I didn't write down anything. Yeah, I looked at Chiklis's filmography here. Yeah, he's he's not really he's not good in anything else. But Vic Mackey is yeah. like one of the most yeah. perfect performances ever of like an actor completely inhabiting like a character really and like making it his own and making it believable yeah and it's just it's just not here so no yeah um i personally like i know that you like him i personally find westlake um to be kind of samesy in a lot of his stuff um i i like his writing and i i like some of the parker stuff i've not read nearly as much as you have yeah um but i mean this is obviously it's better than this Um, because this is terrible the other thing too that's interesting about this is this is directed by taylor hackford Hmm. um which is interesting considering that like that dude's like kind of all over the place too yeah Um, when you think about shit like um officer and a gentleman and um, devil's advocate and ray and then this um but he really hasn't done much since this i guess just like this movie the comedian which i don't even know what it is uh Robert De Niro, Leslie Mann, I don't know it. Robert De Niro, I'm already bored. Um, yeah, so 
there was other stuff that I found like really amateurish in this. I mean, they go to Palm Beach and they do the Pulp Fiction like Palm Beach, Florida is like superimposed over the city, like floating in like twenty story high letters, like across the city itself. If mm-hmm. I'm explaining that well, and mm-hmm. but they don't do that often. And then like sometimes they, it almost like looks like it was like filmed for television at points, and that's kind of weird too, like really off putting. And it's not like a bad cast. I mean, oh, that's the thing is like I I. I never knew that those people were in that movie except for Statham. Like that's the only thing I see yeah. on the box cover, really. And like, like Clifton Collins Jr. is in it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. I, like, I, it's it's a great cast. Like, um, again, I don't know how to pronounce the name either, but um, Cannaval like is like really good in a lot of shit that I've seen. Like, he has yeah. a lot of range to him a lot of times, and yeah, I don't know, man. He definitely plays a creep really well too. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. So just if you thought about watching it, you're probably better off thinking about doing something else. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lee Marvin really does have that look. I'll give him that. I mean, it's like the perfect adaptation of it, but yeah. it's because it's because Parker is like cool. Like he's not just like a badass. You know what I mean? Right. And I I I think Statham is somewhat limited, but I think he's still like he's good in the transporter movies and he's good in that mm-hmm. fucking crazy crank movie. And like when he's in he he plays like there's a range to him, right? And it's like this is he's just deadpan and he fucking beating everybody up. It's like I don't know. I just I, I feel like that they don't understand not that there's a lot of nuance to Parker, but there's more nuance than they show here, and that's where it kind of falls apart. So yeah, I can't even think of what actor if I like had to pick one nowadays that I would like choose to to be Parker. Mid two thousands Clooney would have been a perfect Parker, I think. Yeah, um, he's got the bags under his eyes, like it's like like tired Clooney, like his Parker. Um, yeah, yeah, that could work. Um, that's just how I picture him. Like you'd have to have like close, close cropped hair for Clooney, but just like a guy that is athletic enough where you can believe that he can win a fight, mm-hmm. but isn't like a ninja or something. You know, like right. he's not yeah. like an action star. Sure. He's just smarter and more savvy about like how to get ahead of his opponent. You know, yeah. which is like what the thing to me with like Park. Is, is yeah part of what, part of what I like about Lee Marvin is just that he's like he's not like built or ripped or anything he's just solid like like just the way he holds himself like you know there's like a I don't know like a what the fuck would be the word to describe him um a, yeah like a solidness to the dude like where it's like you're not going to be able to like necessarily because like Parker's a kind of like big dude like you know he's like in the sense of like not just height like he's a little taller but it's like he's just like you're, you you punch him in the chest and it's like you're nothing like you're not really going to hurt parker that much yeah um and i don't know dortmunder you read some of those right i don't know he's much easier he's like more the comedy criminal um character no i never um, read any of those so. no okay he's much easier to cast robert downey jr would be perfect for him in fact kiss kiss bang bang that character would be 
perfect for that for that Dortmunder character. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um, Parker's a really hard person to cast, and and Lee Marvin is is probably the best one. Yeah, definitely to do it so far. Uh, so what's your third right. movie? So the third movie is kind of a cheat, but um, I wanted to watch. I've wanted to watch it again for a few years, and so this was a good um reason to um 2005's hellblazer or constantine mm. i'm sorry um starring <gasps> uh keanu reeves based on the dc comics imprint yeah. hellblazer um also starring uh, rachel weiss uh, shia labeouf tilda swinton um jaman hassoon gavin rossdale and peter stormare and one of my like dark horse favorite devil performances ever um, and also letting Peter Stormare, <clears throat> Stormare be in a, the Spencer in two consecutive weeks. So building up right. his, his resume. <clears throat> um, Constantine is John Constantine, who's like the preeminent, like mortal wizard in the DC universe. Um, ultimate like trickster slash um, magician slash like con artist kind of. A uh, really fascinating character in the comics um, has been written by some of like the great comic book writers of the um, 20th century. Um, Garth Ennis, in particular, like did a really great like 40 issue run of Constantine stuff, which is what this specifically is based on. Um, the Dangerous Habits storyline, uh, mostly. So, John Constantine is Sting, basically. Um, if you've ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike is John Constantine. Right. Like that's that's the character. Um wisecracking, bleach blonde hair, um, always sort of shabby, but wears like a suit and a trench coat all the time. And is not Keanu Reeves. He's not this fresh face, youthful, I don't know, blank slate person that i i hated constantine when i first saw this movie um you know almost 20 years ago now watched it pre-opening night in the theater and despised it mm -hmm. um the only thing i liked about it at the time was the peter stomar is it stomar stomari stomare stormare i think yeah that dude like his portrayal of the devil is um not at all like what is in the Constantine universe, but fine for like an, an interpretation um, and kind of like effectively like creepy and sibilant and sort of like has like the serpentine quality to him, but also has this kind of like sweaty, bloody, like fat presence kind of. So there's, and it's like, that sounds like insulting, but it's a really interesting portrayal of like, like evil made flesh kind of, and it, it works um tilda swinton is fine as gabriel um the angel but the problem is, is they don't do enough to build it up so in the comics like this is this long drawn out thing with the idea that gabriel wants to punish man for having um free will where he feels like angel should have it and he's always been under um like you know the the edict of the lord basically um so they fuck all that up. They do this thing with Rachel Weiss is the psychic who um her sister twin sister was a psychic and she like killed herself and um Shia LaBeouf plays constant like plays the character of Chaz who in the comics is Constantine's like best friend and he's a cabbie who drives John around a lot and like 
they have an off on again off again like friendship because Chaz like hates him sometimes and they completely destroy that. Um, Jaiman Hassoon plays Papa Midnight, which is kind of a racist character in the comics, but only in the sense of like just a stereotypical like like voodoo hogun or whatever. Um, but a really like important character in DC comics mythology and Constantine mythology in general, or specifically, they completely fuck that up. Um, they reduce John Constantine, who again is like maybe the greatest magician and trickster. And one of the thrills of reading the comic is like seeing Constantine find ways out of impossible situations with nothing more than like his wit and his guile or whatever. And they reduce him to an action hero by giving him, and I swear to God, a fucking golden gun that has a cross attached to it with like a blunderbuss like barrel that he shoots holy bullets that are made from like silver crosses that have been melted dead. It's it's the most fucking edgelord like some dude playing D and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna be a priest, but this is the character I'm gonna be. And I'm like, I'm uh, and anyway, terrible. Um, I really, I, it, it's been so long since I've seen this movie. I actually kind of thought like, and so long since I've read the comics, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I'll have softened and I can just appreciate it for what it is. Um, and I'll admit, like, I actually liked it less. I think, like, I think that I've found huh. that there were some <laughs> things that maybe I liked more before that now I just kind of hate. Cause I don't know if you know this about yourself or, and certainly the audience doesn't know you've been secretly wanting to watch this again because you thought you could like it and you've been talking you've been building up to this for a while actually. yeah 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 i mean i thought i would at least like it more than i because in like five years at least because when i was a kid i was really pretentious and i was very precious about like things that i liked so hellblazer was one of my five favorite comics probably one of my five favorite comics ever and especially that garth Ennis run from like the late 20s um so jamie delano Alan Moore created the character, but Jamie Delano wrote the first, like, 20-some issues. And they're fine, but they're kind of like this hippie Wiccan-like shit mm-hmm. about, like, saving the environment and whatever. Um, and then Neil Gaiman writes some stuff in it that's really good. And then, mm-hmm. then Garth Ennis writes, like, this 40-issue from, like, late 30s to, like, issue 80 or 79 or something. is all Garth Ennis. And it introduces all these really cool ideas of, like, hells like the princes of hell like trying to claim constantine's soul and him playing them like these devils against each other um him fighting like the king of the vampires and um like just all this stuff that they do that's really fascinating and has been like stolen so many times since then by other quote-unquote like religious you know horror things and including stolen by its own creator, Garth Ennis, when he made Preacher, like he steals liberally from the Constantine mythology that he created himself. Like the idea of like a, a devil and an angel mating and creating like basically the Antichrist, which is like this anti-life being, um, right. which he... And that whole universe is what Gaiman, because I don't know as well as you do, that's what he does Sandman based off of is that universe as well, right? Uh, they're the kind of inter- universe. Like, they're kind of like, intertwined with yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. So... So Alan Moore and Steve Bissett made Swamp Thing in the the 80s. And Swamp Thing was so popular, but they couldn't do all the stuff they wanted to do. So DC decided to make an imprint called Vertigo. And Vertigo was like the adults-only 
horror slash weird fiction imprint of like DC's universe. So Vertigo is Sandman, Swamp Thing, um, Con- Hellblazer, uh, Doom Patrol. So Doom Patrol comes from that same universe. Right. Yep. Um, Books of Magic, which is something that I don't know if you've ever um, read, but they're 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 really good. That's like a mini series. Um, the character of Death, which became like really iconic, which is the sister of Sandman, who's in the TV show. If you watch the TV show, mm-hmm. um, there's some other stuff that came out of it. Uh, fuck. But anyway, like that's your main core of like comics is Hellblazer, Sandman, um, Swamp Thing, uh, Doom Patrol, um, Animal, Animal Man. Is that one of them? Anyway, so yeah, so they share because. Early on in Sandman's run, he uses Constantine um, to help him get out of something. And it happens again later. And then um, Joanna Constantine, who is Constantine's ancestor, John Constantine's ancestor, um, she also has interactions with uh, Morpheus, the Sandman. Um, I know that Gaiman was like really into that universe and the idea that like, John Constantine could pretty much like walk between worlds sort of so he could do anything and having that everyman character um which is like really where he came into play in the Swamp Thing universe was, was being like this kind of representation of like the new wave punk style like aesthetic of Britain in the, the 1980s um and just being a guy who would crack wise and you know right like stick his middle finger up at at the devil like as he was coming to claim his soul. But anyway, so that stuff's all really good. And the movie Constantine has none of that like wit and life. And it's just kind of like a soulless thing. Um, including so like, and this is like heavy spoilers if you ever care to read the comics, but who the fuck is going to do that? Um, so Constantine sells his soul to uh, the first of the fallen who is basically like, so Lucifer is the devil. But the first of the fallen is like the thing that existed in hell before Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Um, And then there's Asmodeus, Beelzebub, and somebody else. I can't remember. Um, So Constantine sells his soul to all of them. And then he has lung cancer. So when he's dying, all the devils come to claim his soul. And they're all in the room. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And like, well, I'm coming to claim his soul. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's my soul. And so then, like, they all are at a stalemate because if they get in a fight, like, it'll rip, like, the fabric of hell apart and, like, basically destroy them all. So they basically have to save Constantine's life. Um, And then there's another one where um, he has a friend, Brendan, and this is, like, a one-off issue, but his friend Brendan is also dying, and Constantine has blessed this pool of holy water to turn into Guinness. Or, no, has blessed this, like, pool of water to be holy water and the guy brendan tricks the first of the fallen into um turning it into guinness and they drink together and then it's like holy water so it like burns his face off and that's how brendan escapes it's like you'll be in heaven five minutes after before the devil knows you're dead anyway so anyway it's really fucking great comic series and some really amazing like storylines to it and even like the more esoteric like hippie shit from delano and um ah fuck what's his name after sean something after sean jenkins um 
still really good i yeah, I, I, I know i know we're ready into the jenkins stuff because you you both told me to stop like or paul paul jenkins maybe his name? Paul jenkins remember. and sean i can't remember what the artist's name is it, it's it's not super great but it's good and then brian arizado or azarado i guess whatever his name is i think is the guy that does it after that and i never read any of that stuff hmm. um they really lean into like the i it, it what did, you, what did you think of the I know you didn't watch um oh shit I forget the name of it even now even um but the the Constantine series that was on NBC what did you think of that guy that <clears throat> I thought he was fine that? yeah that was a much better portrayal of John Constantine than Keanu Reeves yeah because he ended up on I watched the show for fucking seven Here years is it tomorrow uh Legends of Tomorrow yeah Legends thank of tomorrow. you yep you got it um legends of tomorrow and when he showed up on there it's a pretty good portrayal uh i really i never watched the constantine like the one season that i got or whatever but um i really like that guy like it's constantine for a watered down kind of non-foul mouth version like television version of him um i really liked the the portrayal in that um and then i don't know how much you know about doom patrol like the comic but did you read that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the character of Willoughby Kipling, uh-huh. um, I, if I if I remember, I read about this three years ago. So that was supposed to be Constantine originally, and then it's like some kind of shit happened with rights, I think. So they created the character of Willoughby Kipling um, because that's the character that's on Doom Patrol, I yeah. know. And, well, because and, and it's Constantine. <laughs> I mean... Because Warner Brothers still owns the rights to the movie, mm-hmm. um, they're actually supposedly making a sequel with they all are. the principles like reprising, yeah. yep, like with Constantine and Peter Stormare, Stormare, yep, um, as the devil again, and what's oh, his yeah. name directing again? Oh, um, he's directing again, huh? Okay. Yeah, Francis Lawrence or whatever. Um, yeah. which I think that. I think that Keanu Reeves has enough goodwill now and maybe has lost some of his, um, I don't even know what you would call, like, what he had, but maybe his haughtiness of of his youth, like, where he's just become, like, this grounded, like, dude that's comfortable in his own skin as opposed to, like, a guy that... I agree that he's more comfortable in his own skin, yeah, yeah, yeah just really uncomfortable like with who he was or who yeah. he's asked to be asked to be i think yeah right and so i i think that it could possibly be like a much better movie i agree i mean i think if he look i mean i keanu reeves is a great dude like so i'm not gonna like sit here and talk like a lot of shit on keanu reeves but he's a good person and he's competent in some of the roles that he's given but he's not like setting the world on fire in terms of his depth as an actor um, but he can handle roles well if the role is right for him and he's gotten better with age. I think you're right because he's more comfortable and he's found different places for himself or ways to like play certain roles. Um, I, I think he'll do better this time. I agree. I think he'll play Constantine better because I think he can take a little bit of that wick and morph it in some ways and, and make it better. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, yeah, he's definitely, like, aged to the point where he looks more like, 
what you picture John Constantine looking like now. Because Constantine's mm-hmm. in his... Well, the actually, one of the issues um, is Constantine Constantine's 40th birthday in the comics, like during the Garth Ennis run, where um, the Swamp Thing appears and grows like a giant like pot plant for him, um, which is a pretty funny scene. Um, right. So, yeah. Hold on a second. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out here. I don't know if it'll play on. That's why I'm warning you. Swarmer. Peter Swarmer. And so you say it is Swarmer. Yep, Swarmer. Well, he is like yeah, Swedish, Scandinavian, or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, Swarmer. Hmm. Okay. He's great, man. Like, um, like he's good and like. Like he plays such small roles most of the time, but he's 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 solid enough in every single thing that he does with like enough like variation that he's like a really underrated like guy who gets like what like four to ten minutes of screen time like in everything that he does at most and 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 does well with it like every single time. Except for did he do what was the performance like last week? Uh, it was it was ham fisted, but okay. didn't really give him. There, nobody had anything to work with in that fucking movie because sure. it was like plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point, just to like move you between these ridiculous. I don't know. It was such a. I don't want to talk about fucking. Stop it. I'm done. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny? Uh, yesterday I was on Reddit movies, and there was a thread about. Hanzo and Gretel Witch Hunters. And so, and there was like a person that's like, I don't know what happened here. I love this movie. It was like, it was just a really solid, like, you know, like action movie. And I loved Renner and Atherton. And I, and it seemed like it was set up for a sequel and there was never a sequel. And I don't understand why there was never a sequel. So it brought out of the woodwork all like these like 30 people who also apparently loved that movie and were, like, um, trying to console this person for the fact that there will never, like, be, like, a sequel with those characters or those stars, at least. Um, um, And then some people saying, like, I think they are making a sequel, but it's not going to start the originals, and then people shitting on that. That was the extent of the thread. There's there's a good deal of people that came out. Um, In deference to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no fucking accountant for taste. So, Swimmer. that's not what I would have predicted. Um, all right, that's it's funny see. that the it's funny that the T is silent. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to think of like what, um, the fuck is the name of that TV show that was on Stars? Of course, American Gods. Um. He played the um, because you did you watch any of that, the American Gods? Uh, I watched up until the episode where they're in the old Russian gods like apartment. Okay, well he's the Chernoborg. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. I didn't pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. And I really like him in that too. Um, that was probably like the last thing I guess I saw him in. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Let's see what you get for next week. Make that mean to make that sound like such a threat, but mm. 
Burning down the house. Next week, the category is burning down the house. With a food chat attached. Oh, because you can see the screen. All right, yeah. yeah I can. Um, yep. So, burning down the house with a food chat attached to it. Um, see, I told you. See, now that you can actually see the screen, you you know now that there are FCs next to these categories for food chats. So I, didn't I, know, I, I had no idea what FC could be. Football club is actually what I thought at first. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Uh, what is this stupid movie? But now I'm in Manchester. Yeah. Um, it's a good job naming, <laughs> naming a football. <laughs> burn, burn down the house. <laughs> oh, now I got to delete burning down the house. Need to find it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's also Orion. Um, yeah. To be away. There it is. Burning down the house. Boom, boom, boom. So, yeah, I. However, you want to do that. Um, We'll figure it out. But burning down the house. Food chat. I was was watching Backdraft again. Do you know what the food chat is? Or is it something that has to be be, um, determined? We We should do cooking out on the grill. Yep, I, th- I think that's probably probably Since a good we're one. burning down the house. Yep, that's um, what would happen if I cooked down on the grill in my apartment. <laughs> also, would probably get evicted. <laughs> right. Go um, come first place. All right, so burning down the house and oh. grilling. Oh, tight. We're gonna talk about grilling. Don't sing too much of that. You might get hit. <laughs> Well, I don't think I'm singing it well or right. accurately. So, <laughs> I mean, it falls under parody, right? Sure. Um, and grilling. Uh, oh, man. We'll end up with about like five dozen texts from Heaster after next week. Um, I, I don't know much about grilling. I'm just I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. I'm not, I have never really done it and I don't really care to. So. Huh? Oh, okay. All right, hold on. I got, I'm going to write down a question. Um, <clears throat> oh my god, I found my movie already. Oh, is it Backdraft oh, Two? No, it's amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> Holy I, shit! I really, I really want to read you. Oh, it's got actual actors in it. <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> and it's free on Tubi. Of course it is. 4.3 on MDIB. Uh-huh. Oh, fucking tubby. Um, do you know, have you ever tried to, have you ever watched the channels on, on, on Tubi? What kind of channels? You oh, the thing got- that pops up in like the middle of the screen? Yeah, I, where I it's like, here's them. all no, these I, different channels. No, you can't tell me what to do. So. But they got a horror channel. Like you could just turn on like a random, like. Like like you're watching television, like you're flipping through, and here's a horror channel, and you can just like hit it, and you can just watch like whatever horror movie the the Tubi's playing. Um, I curate my own shit, sir. Thank you. You don't let you don't let Tubi do that. No. Do you not do that? You've never done that on Shutter. No. Really? Absolutely not. I don't want to run the risk of wasting my time by having something else like dictate to me what I'm going to watch when I can just not decide to watch anything on my own. Hmm. 
I need to. I really, I really dislike the idea of it. To be I need, I need, I need to go back later and re-listen to that sentence and really contemplate that. <laughs> if I fucking waste my own time, it's fine because who else is there to blame? It's just me, you know. Right, but but if someone else wastes my time, then I'm gonna be angry because it's like I let it happen. Right. Like I should be able to pick out my own I I I know what I want to watch and I turn on Tubi and I go through and I like flip through shit and then I find something and I watch it. Was there and, never a time growing up that you would like flip by a channel and you would start watching a movie and you'd be like, Oh, I'm really like invested in this. Very seldom. Really? I, I actually almost never, I would tell you. Huh. I always knew what I wanted to watch, and I watched that thing. I don't, I don't like happenstance. Like I want to know what I'm going to watch, and then I want to watch it. Hmm. Interesting. I rented like I mostly. The only time that that ever like kind of happened was Channel 54's movies on Saturdays, which was a western, mm-hmm. a horror movie, and a kung fu movie. And then I was at the mercy of whatever was there but that was me just passing time um at my grandmother's house because my mom and my grandmother would like talk for hours and hours and hours and so i would want to just you know like kill time and that was all they had was in the antenna but but when i had the choice like i go rent a couple movies i know what i want to watch yeah see the maybe you're not in the same positions i am like so it's like I I tend to go to bed at a certain time, even though it's late and uh, a lot of times. And then it's like I'll have 30 minutes left because I've like watched something and I got 30 minutes and I'll just like, you know, go to like one of the stations on Tubi and just like, you know, click. Oh, my God. And just see what's going on. And no, like, that... you know, just like have that. And it's like, oh, maybe I want to watch this movie later. Like if uh, if if it looks all right, like because that's what I used to do when I was a kid. It's like, oh, like there's this movie like you know i'm flipping channels like i see it and here's this movie and like you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna like record this or like on a vhs or whatever and like watch it later and chris i don't know how to describe to you how horrifying what you're saying is to me (laughs) like you're really making my chest get like tight like thinking about i cannot even imagine like randomly just turning on a movie and then what? Like not watching it? Like that's crazy. Like you have to. Like, well, it's, on, there's been times where it's like I've just stayed up later because it's like I called it like 20 minutes in, and I'm like, oh, like what's going on here? And then it's like, oh shit! And then I like just watch the rest of the movie. Am I gonna get up at fucking five o'clock in the morning? Right. I can't just sit there and like because I'll be invested and I gotta. Finish. Well, I'm doing the. Well, you gotta think I'm doing this at like you know I'll start it like at two to go to bed at two thirty and then I'm up till like. 320 and i gotta get up at you know eight like i i, I don't know like i don't know th- that's I what i used to do when i was a child too or i like think i think right i mean i would watch movies late at night but i would watch the whole movie you'd watch a whole movie and you would go and like make sure it was something that you wanted to watch and you right like i would look dictated because, to because we never right you ain't gonna tell me what to do because <laughs> we um we we only had an antenna on our television for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So I would have to like 
look at the newspaper and see what was going to be on TV and then plan out what I was going to watch if I was going to watch a movie on TV. Mm-hmm. But that always bothered me, too, because we didn't have cable, so I always had to watch commercials. Mm. So I was much more into, like, because we always had two VCRs. You mean, like, premium age. cable, you mean? No, we didn't have any cable, buddy. Like, we had no cable. Well, you said watch commercials. There was commercials on cable. Right, but that was when you were watching some plebe, like, channel, like, USA or something. I mean, like... I'm talking so you, about so you mean premium cable like HBO, Showtime, right. like Cinemax. Okay, yeah, where the movies were. So or magic happens. <laughs> this is where magic happens. So I would always, even like after my my dad got us a satellite dish in the early '90s, I guess it's like '92 maybe. And at that point, I had Showtime and HBO and Cinemax, but I also had the West Coast equivalents of those things and stuff like. Like, their specialty channels that were only meant for, like, premium, like, cable services. Mm-hmm. So, I'd be able to watch, like, everything then. And so, I would just, like, go to the channel that showed me what was coming on, and I would figure out what I was going to watch, and I'd watch that shit. Yeah. But I would plan it out, and so I would, like, say, like, okay, I have to be at the TV at 10 o'clock, because that's when this movie comes on. I'm going to watch this movie. Okay, so what did you say you used? Did you use TV Guide, or did you use the newspaper? No, I used... I used the Baltimore Suns like new their thing that would come out. Yeah. Okay. On Sunday you would get the right, like, you get that insert, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's how I knew it was going to be on TV. Or I'd like watch commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, because we watched I used channel like fifty four and forty five was where I watched um cartoons and stuff. Yeah. And so they would they would tell you sometimes like the Saturday Monster Matinee, blah, 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 pod people. And I'm like, oh, I want to watch pod people. So I would make sure, you know, 11 a.m. on Saturday, I was there to watch pod people. And here's watch here, Right, I get you. Here, here's the thing is, like, until we started getting the TV Guide regularly, I uh, and this is when I was pretty young, I would always take my grandparents' news journal, um, the Delaware paper. Uh-huh. I would always take their insert on Sundays for the week. Um, usually on Sunday or Monday, I would take it and I would use that, but I think that only hit the Philly stations. So I was clueless on the Baltimore stations for a long time. So I would think like, Oh, I'm going to get to see this. And it wouldn't be the same between the Philly and the Baltimore stations. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to watch this thing. Nope. I'm not going to watch it. Um, then you'd watch some random shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Like right, and you know what? Sometimes it was okay. Sometimes, Sometimes. it worked out. Like, nah, I don't, I don't get, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I get like your history. I get like the, the satellite and like being prepared and all that kind of stuff. But um, I used to do the same thing. I would like look at that stuff. I'd look at TV Guide, but it's like I flip channels a lot too because I'd start watching a movie, and I'd be like, man, this movie fucking sucks, and then I start flipping channels. I mean, maybe when I was, like, a child, I would flip channels, but when I, I became them, an adult, I, I gave in... up childish things, you know? Like, once I got, got my we license... We won't start that over again, yes. Okay. Like, right, if I could eat your goddamn dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. I hope you choke on them. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I almost bought dino nuggets tonight just to see, and not ever tell anybody about it, but then I didn't, I'd decided uh, to buy other things instead um 
no it's it's interesting like that, that you see that as like uh like almost like a a youthful thing like i i i miss I see, those I, see, I miss those days i see like, i miss the days of like you know where i could flip channels and find something and be invested in it i see it as a sad act i mean i just i don't i just don't understand it like it's it's such a waste of your life you know why because and i hope he doesn't take offense to this because i used to watch my friend zeke like not even flip channels but watch the tv guide channel like flip over and over and over again for long periods of time and it was like let's just watch something like look that movie's coming on let's watch that movie like let's make a decision to watch this thing because we want to see it right like, like hey look there's fucking a thin man movie like let's watch that like that's not even that interesting but at least it's something it's better than watching the girls gone wild commercial like for Nick the 50th Charles? Time. Like, yeah 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 whatever thin man I don't, I don't know why that came to mind but <laughs> That seems like something terrible that would be on on like a sat like a Saturday evening at like seven. On yes, on some kind of like uh, like uh, yeah, like like, like TCM or something. Yeah, TCM. There you go. Um, I whatever. Like one one of the best things I ever saw in my entire life came from Zeke watching that channel. So right, it's um, a very good story, but you're remembering like one instance out of right many um i used to watch that channel a lot too like uh, maybe not like quite like that but i'm but I, I used to watch it a lot too just see what was going on i i do think that tv guy channel that appears on so many cable networks um ends up being like uh cheesecake factory menu um where it's like once you see it it's like oh my god there's so many like different things i could choose and i don't know what to choose and i just got to choose something and I think it's that way with a lot of things now, like where it's like, uh, like what do I choose out of this? I just got to choose this one thing. Um, I have I mean, so many options. That doesn't sound interesting to me. I so we, you and I have both enjoyed this restaurant that's been like in the area for the past year ish, called the Forge, and it's mm-hmm. it's a very limited menu of things that all sound really good, and that that paralyzes me. Like I. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like I, I like to. I don't want to have like ten thousand options. And I don't. What'd you get yesterday? Um, uh, sausage biscuits and gravy. Okay, because With, you were at the brunch menu. Yeah, we got there early enough for brunch, and yeah. then I got um, the roasted red pepper crab soup, which was the best oh, crab soup I've ever had in my life. Nice. Okay, I've never had that. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You would think it would be weird because it's like crab soup is usually well Maryland crab soup is usually tomato based. Um, but it actually has like a thicker consistency to it, which makes it a little more appealing and Mm -hmm. it's fucking delicious. Like it's, it's perfect crab soup, man. It's just the right amount of spicy with the sweetness of the roasted pepper. And the crab is like big chunks of like lump crab meat. And it's just, it's fucking fantastic. And that sausage gravy is made with andouille sausage. Yeah. And it's not like the pasty like typical like flour based sausage gravy it's this i don't know i can't even describe it but it's so fucking good here's the thing is i can't convince my mom or brandy to get it um and i i can't trust it um i should get asked kimberly like if 
if there's something in it and I can't eat, but I'm pretty sure there is because it's sausage gravy, um, even if it's cheddar. And um, but I can't convince anybody to get it so I can try a bite just to see. Um, but it looks amazing and I want to get it every time and almost like say fuck it and like risk the consequences because I love they give you a lot and it's yeah. super super good my only complaint about my time there yesterday was I got a Bloody Mary and mm-hmm. it was 15 fucking dollars what? and it was not a good Bloody Mary it's a terrible Bloody Mary I've had a Bloody Mary there it's awful it's yeah. like the thinnest like right. it's not even like tomato watery right. right yeah it's awful like i i wish i would have warned you about that um so i got it with the habanero um mm-hmm. vodka because i felt like that would be the right accoutrement yep and i don't know i could have like pissed and it would have been a better bloody mary it's a it's a it's a bad bloody mary yes i and yeah. i i I didn't. I didn't know you were going there as often. I know we talked about it a little bit, like with work and stuff, but I didn't know you were going there as much. Or I would have warned well, you that eventually. So Frankie is home. My son is home for um, his spring break, mm-hmm. and my brother Tony has not yet moved to England yet to start his new career. Uh-huh. So he's around all the time. So we were like, let's go out and um, we'll actually have like a sit down dinner somewhere, and it mm-hmm. was really good. I mean, uh-huh. everybody's food was yeah. Um, I'll tell you the thing that I one of the things I like the most about that place is their col- their collard greens. I think are really good. Oh my god, it's amazing! Yeah, they're pretty fantastic. They're so. Here's another minor complaint that I have about it. Mm-hmm. They had so I got the biscuits and gravy, which was sincerely the best biscuits biscuits and gravy I've ever eaten in my life. Like it was really well done. You got a, a choice of sides, so one of the choices of sides is roasted, like, red potatoes, which I love roasted potatoes. Mm-hmm. Nothing to them. Like, they were just bland, and they give mm. you nothing to dip them in. There's not even any real, like, sauce. It's just, I guess they're fried in onions, maybe, or something, mm-hmm. and bacon grease, but they don't really have, like, any herbs or spices on them, so they're just kind of the Yeah. It was very, um, very lackluster. Along with, like, this amazing meal. Like, it was right. just not a good, like, accoutrement. And right. that wasn't a very expensive meal. I mean, it was only, like, $14, I think, for it. And it was plenty of food. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of their food is, I don't know, $30, $40. Some of it's, like, $50 or $60. And if that was a thing that I got with, like, a $60 meal, I would be super annoyed. Like, I would not. I'd be really angry. Right. So, I mean, they really... Like, just put something with them, you know? Like, yeah. dice up some onions in it, or put yeah. some, like, thyme and rosemary on them, bitches. They spend, a, they spend a lot of time on the meals themselves, I think, as opposed to, like, any kind of sides or anything like that. Like, um, because they're always doing, like, like extra shit with, like, the actual, I guess we would say, entree or, like, main course or whatever. Um, but not so much with the sides. Um, we were there Thursday night last week and i got the pesto pasta for the first time yeah i've wanted to get that several times yeah it it sounds amazing um amazing and she got a the filet mignon for the first time and i had a little bit of that um and uh she got a medium rare i probably would have gotten it rare but um uh, like fucking 
well done. Like yeah, but like like sixty dollars though, right? That's the rib. That's the ribeye. Um, oh, okay. But it was, it was it was forty. I mean, like you know, I mean, like for the for the fillet. But um, um, but I think that came with mashed potatoes, and I've had their mashed potatoes before, and like how they make them, and that's really good. And you know, with whatever whatever else came with asparagus or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, and look, I you know how much I love steak in Maine. It was cooked better than any steak I've had at Steak and Maine before. Hmm. That's a bold claim. Yeah. Uh, I, last, um, last few times I've been at Steak and Maine and and had steaks, it's good. It's always good. But yeah. Um, the problem with Steak and Maine anymore is that everything is a la carte now, mm-hmm. and they charge so much for their sides that yeah, you're gonna spend and like look like money is not necessarily an object or whatever. But at the same time, like, I don't want to spend $60 on a single steak and then have to spend another $25 to have, you know, fingerling potatoes and roasted asparagus and, you know, maybe something else. I don't know. Yeah, you still haven't tried the chicken and waffles yet, have you? No, I was going to get that this time, but I just, yeah, you know. The only thing I have not had yet is I haven't done their crab cakes and I haven't done their herb crusted lamb. I want to try that lamb. What point. did you think of their crab cake? I have. I said no, that's I'm talking. The one. To, I'm talking to my son because. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. The, so the thing I don't like about it is they put hollandaise on it. Hmm. Hmm. And I really it, felt like that for, is forced un- the hollandaise on you. Yeah, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, because it's a. Like, I could understand if you were made a crab cake that was, like, all filler, like, whatever, like, sure. um, cracker meal or something, that you put some sauce on it to hide it. Mm-hmm. But you're giving them, like, a whole lump crab cake. There's no need to put something, you know, you don't need to gussy it up with some shit-ass sauce. I agree with that. Um, here's the thing is, how busy was that place? Um, here's, like, people, like, listening in, like, England, like, listen, let's talk <sighs> about this, like, little place in Northeast. But, like, how busy was that place when you were there? Um, it felt busier than it was because they didn't have enough people working. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. So yeah. they had the one lady that's always there. There. Mm-hmm. Um, the middle-aged black lady. Yeah. Kimberly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know my server's names. We, we've got <laughs> this conversation. Um, you always want. I'm the one that doesn't want to know the server. No, I want to know my bartender's name. I don't want to know my. I want my server to serve me. Mm-hmm. I can be unctuous, you know, with them and. Okay, but sure. We'll anyway, so she was really frustrated. I think because she was working with somebody, but he wasn't really out there helping her. Um, so she was serving everybody, but it was yeah. a family of six, maybe. Mm-hmm. and then another family of five and then there was another table with maybe five or six people and then us and then a couple yeah so moderately busy but for the end of brunch like to me not that busy yeah and and here's why like i always bring this place up is because anybody and we do have like a lot of people from like pa maryland delaware that like listen to us like the reason i i i 
you know, allow us to talk about this place as much as only because I want to see them like, you know, get business because it's a really good place and I it hope is. it stays in business. Um, but it doesn't mean that they don't have like things that like they could get better on, but I don't think they get the feedback a lot of times um, that they probably need to get. So my argument to them would be you're spending way too much money on shit that doesn't matter that you're putting with your food. Sure. Like, I don't need fucking microgreens on everything, you know? Right. right. And I know they're just supporting, like, local farmers around here that, mm-hmm. that do that stuff, like Fresh Farms and Fairhill and um, whatever the other place is called, Bright Farms or whatever, that's also somewhere in Elkton. Um, you don't need to put microgreens on everything. Like, I didn't need, like, a dollop of microgreens on the top of my fucking crab soup, you know? Because it was perfect without them. Like, I barely even noticed it when I ate them. So if it's not, like, a real, something that's really, like, accentuating some taste or adding something to it, you're just wasting my time to be, like, pretentious. Mm-hmm. And I think they charge too much money for some of their stuff, and I don't know, like, what they could do to reduce that, that cost. But I shouldn't pay $15 for a fucking Bloody Mary that's, like, mediocre. You know, like, if you're right. going to charge me $15 for a drink, Right. Don't bring it out in some mason jar with like this watery ass, yeah, like not even tomato liquid, and I don't even right. know what the fuck was is in it. I don't, I don't understand the. I don't understand why it was that much. I, I, I had the Bloody Marys there before; they were not that much. Well, the um, Bloody Mary itself is nine dollars, and then the habanero vodka it was fourteen dollars because that was five, so it was nine and, and five. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. The actual Bloody Mary is nine dollars if you just get a Bloody Mary with like Tito's in it or whatever. Yeah. The um Yeah. I I there there's some legitimate feedback on some of the things in that place that like surround the meals. I've never yet had like the meal itself, the entree necessarily be bad, but it's like around all that when it comes to like liquor um when it like you know in the bar when it comes to some of the um you know wait staff like in some of that kind of stuff and then when it comes to some of the sides um the hush puppies yeah, I, don't get the hush puppies like i wouldn't i wouldn't waste my time on those yeah i almost got them too because they sounded delicious right right um i wasn't very impressed with her as a server i mean we didn't have her we eventually had some other guy mm-hmm. um whose name i can't remember either even though he said it like 16 times yeah he's the bar manager i don't know anyway yeah yeah Darrell or something like that um i thought he was like insincere and i don't feel like he was actually listening when people said things he was just like talking over him to get through it which i found Mm -hmm. really off-putting um i think that if you're going to serve a caesar salad and have it have actual fresh anchovies in it like mm-hmm. even though it says in the description i think the server should be like just you ha- have you had this here before okay let me explain that the way that we prepare this is with actual like whole anchovies mm-hmm. in the salad and you have to m- mince them basically or eat them whole like whatever like there's right. gonna be whole anchovies right just to make sure you're aware because yeah. honestly, like I would not have gotten that salad if I would have known that they weren't going to like, yep, make it like an actual dressing. And I understand there's, I like anchovies, and there's anchovies in Caesar dressing, but there's not whole fucking anchovies laying in the middle of a bed of lettuce. You know, I mean, that's... agreed. And and like a, like a little minor complaint there too, which is like probably more um 
what like tactile is like don't i I'm, i don't know how they serve it to you but it's like one of those plates where it's like the plate goes up like you know like like six inches on one oh, side yeah, yeah, like, yeah that, no, like don't just just give me just give me a fucking like like a little a short bowl like you know to eat the thing in um yeah like i don't i don't like that shit um but i think they need to get that feedback like but i don't think i I think what it is is people find this place and i think this is probably true with a lot of small places people find the place they like a lot of the food and then it's like not enough people go they don't get the feedback that they probably need like online and stuff like that and then um because not enough people are going and then they go end up going out of business like after like so long um without their regulars and so um yeah really good entrees um but yeah like i think um more people probably should go there and like try it out like that are local here obviously yeah but just there's certain things that like look some of the stuff is just amazing like i'm not gonna lie i i really I got a. Let me see. It's, I've eaten it three times now. I got um, the Caesar salad and um, a chicken pot pie the one time. Mm. And the chicken pot pie is an appetizer. And the way they do it is they have a fresh made like biscuit and they put it in a chicken pot pie um, like sauce. So it's like a cream sauce with potatoes and carrots and um huge chunks of like like breast chicken that's just like so perfectly cooked like it's 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 really fantastic um and then they um then i got the shrimp and grits i got one time Mm -hmm. um and i thought that was really good i like their grits preparation a lot and i thought Mm -hmm. the shrimp um again they use the andouille sausage they cook in it and i thought the Mm -hmm. shrimp was really like well prepared um and I got a uh, potato and kielbasa soup with that. That was mm-hmm. really good. Um, and then this last time, yeah. So. so I can I can also tell you with the with the brunch that the um, I'm not sure if they're doing. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're doing anymore. But their eggs Benedict is really good. Um, yeah, they still had it there. The, the regular eggs benedict they had a special eggs benedict for a while oh. um there's a french toast that i cannot do like at all but um i've watched three different four different people eat that french toast now and um like i don't know if i'd recommend it for you i think it might kill you frank but it's like it looks incredible incredible but it looks like the sweetest thing in the world and it looks like death like you know i think i would like have some sort of like you know like spell from like eating it probably um but it's um banana bread with strawberry cream cheese filling with bourbon maple glaze which they love there um but like on top of it um and fresh strawberries around it and it it looks amazing and everybody says it's like absolutely incredible um but yeah, like I've always wanted to try that um, biscuits and gravy. It sounds really good right now. I wish I could do that. Um. All right, so um, burning down the house next week with food chat. Um, after impromptu food chat. 
I just got you talking about Forge. He did. I do love that place. Like, I do. Um, anybody that's local, please go there. Try it out. But, um, but yeah, burn down the house, and we're going to talk about grilling next week. And I already have three questions written down about grilling for you. Um, going to make, make Easter angry. Oh, that's cool. All right. He'll be all right. He didn't, get, he didn't even ask any questions the last time. I don't Did know. He? No, he didn't. Like, I don't. Well, he's, I think he, I think sometimes he gets weeks behind, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if Easter cares about ice cream. Sure, he does. Easter's made ice cream. <laughs> Easter knows the origin of every food ever, and he will talk about it. So he knows right. about the ice cream. Right. And what to tell you about the ice cream. And you better listen to his opinion on ice cream. Heaster's a Heaster's a fucking butter pecan man. <laughs> um, we'll we'll probably hear about it soon enough, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, like uh, but I'm sure he'll have things to say about grilling. All right, so thank you for listening. Next week, burning down the house is the category. Yep, deuces.